Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by staff writer Emily Eaton. She joins the show today to talk about Proposition B. Welcome back to the show, Emily. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. All right. So we're going to talk Proposition B. I know the election is over, and to some people, this might feel like what's the point, but I feel like this is something that's going to keep coming up. So let's go back a little bit. Can you tell me what Proposition B is and what it isn't? I feel like there's still a lot of people that don't have the answer to those simple questions. Yeah. So Proposition B was a measure on the ballot on May 1st that would have repealed the collective bargaining rights of the San Antonio Police Officers Association. It was brought forth by this group called Fix SAPD, which is a police reform group. And it got a lot of attention. Um, And it was very controversial because it dealt with the, the, the rights of the police union. So some people on the police union side portrayed it as a means to defunding the police. They said that was the ultimate goal of Fix SAPD and that the fact that the police union wouldn't be able to um, recruit as many officers uh, or have a competitive um, recruitment strategy would lead to fewer officers on the street. Um, so AKA defund the police. Um, but on the other side, they saw it as a means for police accountability. They say that the police union's contract with the city is, um, doesn't allow the police chief to have the ultimate say in who he fires or to have a lot of leeway in how he fires an officer. And so they wanted this proposition to pass so that they could have, um, more, you know, give the police contract and give the police chief more teeth in the disciplinary process. I think one of the striking things for me is how quickly the movement formed. uh, Fix SAPD is, I believe, less than a year old still at this point. And they managed to, to create a huge movement. Yes, I think that's a really um, acute observation. And in fact, our, one of our one of our colleagues, Gilbert Garcia, wrote about that about how this group was in its inf- infancy and yet it was able to gather something like 75,000 um, votes in favor of Proposition B. Of course, it ended up um, failing in the long run, but only by two percentage points. It was fifty one percent opposed to it and forty nine percent for it. Um, and so, yeah, I think Fix SAPD really got. Um, a lot of people interested in Proposition B do in part because of the mor- murder of George Floyd and this intense spotlight on police misconduct and, you know, the, the community wanting to do something about that. And they saw this as a way to do that. Um, so it, it'll be very interesting moving forward what additional measures or different initiatives Fix SAPD will be able to tackle. Even though Prop B didn't pass, will this change the way that Sapoa does things? I think there is. Um, I spoke to several, several political consultants after the proposition failed, and they pretty much all universally told me that the union has to do something, and the city for that matter, has to do something to address the disciplinary process and the contract, or else 
citizens will grow disillusioned and they'll just put a very similar measure back on the ballot in two years. So I think the union probably realizes, given how close this race was, that they really do need to address some of these disciplinary issues. And and I would imagine that they're they're probably going to um, give up a, a little bit more during the contract negotiations moving forward. And you wrote yesterday about San Antonio like, town hall meetings focused on the role of police. Does that tie in with all of this stuff as well? Yes, in a way it does. So it is a little bit separate from this. The city is reviewing the police department and um, what its role is in our community. So after the uh, murder of George Floyd, the city and specifically city manager Eric Walsh um, indicated that he didn't want to make any sweeping quick changes. He wanted to, to go about this very thoughtfully and ask the community what they wanted to see when it comes to police reform. And so they uh, started these conversations. I think there's 27 in total where they're gathering input from the community on the role of police. They're asking questions like, well, should the police department or police officers be the ones that respond to a graffiti call or a mental health call or a traffic violation? And in a lot of cases, the community is saying, no, you know, we don't want the police responding to those situations. It would make sure it would make sense to have another agency do that. So um, that is something that's ongoing. And the city says that those uh, conversations that they're having will inform their plan in, in how they sort of reform the de department moving forward. This may be a pretty nebulous question, but I'm curious as to how your reporting has been affected because all of this Prop B stuff the murder of George Floyd, all of this movement was underscored by the pandemic. What Are we going to be able to see more demonstrations moving forward, more, more demonstrations at City Hall? I feel like the, the pandemic really suppressed the community's ability to gather. Is that going to change moving forward, do you think? or And how will it change it? I think it will. Um, of course, there were a few protests and in person during the very beginning of um, this new spotlight on police accountability. But I think organizers did try to sort of taper those off because they recognized the risk of with COVID and the pandemic. So um, we're starting, of course, to see all um, parts of society reopen. And I think that some of the, the police reform groups and some of the activists will begin sort of opening things up again and maybe creating demonstrations or community groups or ways for the community to engage with them. In fact, on election night, they did have a election watch party at uh, the friendly spot where they had maybe, I would guess, 20 to 30 people who had shown up at various times to, to, uh, to watch the results come in and to celebrate, um, or I guess announce defeat if that's, you know, they, they saw it as a celebration, but, um, of course they ended up losing in the long run. But because it was so close, they felt they felt pretty happy about what they had accomplished. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll probably see a lot more engagement on this front moving forward. And then there's one last thing I wanted to talk about that I didn't mention. And that was you got some recognition in the Best of the West journalism contest. <laughs> yes, I did. Thank you for bringing that up. No problem. Can you talk about that? It, it was specifically, if I'm not mistaken, about um, 
Matthias Ometu. Is it, am I correct? Yes. It was about that and two other articles that I wrote that sort of tied into that story. Um, so I ended up submitting three stories into this journalism contest for sort of the West Coast um, or the Western part of the United States. And one was about Matthias Omitu, who was the jogger who was arrested by SAPD. And it turns out they had the wrong guy. The other article was about a man named Eric Wilson, who was um, beaten up by police officers who were later fired. And, um, but unfortunately, uh, Eric ended up going to prison uh, for a parole violation, even though the officers, the department said the officers were the ones that were in the wrong. And then the third article focused on people who were trapped inside the jail during the coronavirus pandemic when it was first starting and, and how they couldn't get out because of, um, because no agency would really take responsible for them, uh, responsibility for them. So, um, yeah, it was, it was quite an honor that it got recognized by the best of the West and, um, and that it was honored alongside such other great journalists. So it was very exciting. Well, congratulations. Um, again, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate your input and your insights. Uh, we'll have you again soon, okay? Yes, thanks for having me and have a good rest of your day. <laughs>